Good morning, everyone. Welcome to your seat at the table. I hope and pray that you enjoyed the presence of the Lord and that you worship wherever you are. I'm so glad that you joined us today and what a beautiful day that the Lord has made. As the Word of God says, let us rejoice and be glad in it. We just want to thank you for joining us today. I, I just want to let you know that God is in control. Our new location is um, done. Uh, or what the landlord says that the things that they needed to do is done and now they're just waiting for the city to give them approval so that we can get the keys and then after that we have to uh, modify inside and put rooms up, uh, classrooms and things like that but pretty much the construction of what the landlords uh, needed to do with uh, electrical and uh, air conditioning is done and so be praying for that. We are so close. We're just a few weeks away and then we get the keys and then we have to do some things like build a stage. So anyway, just pray for us. We need some favor. We need people to help us. We need some um, just to get all the people's ideas together and just keep us in prayer. And we're so excited to almost be back together because we have to go in there and set up and put in sound equipment and put in uh, all these uh, things that we need to do for the church. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate it. Also at this time, we want to give you an opportunity to worship God in giving. I know many of you uh, sow, and thank you so much for that. Many of you give a tenth of your income to the church, which is a tithe. Many of you give offering. We still need it because there, there, money needs to be made so that we can build things where we have to buy new sound equipment. Um, because the ones we had is not adequate enough um, before because we were using someone else's when we shared the other building. And so thank you so much as you prepare for offering and tithe. Just ask the Lord what you have for him or what he has for you to give and follow the instructions on the screen. I just want to pray over the offering right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have given us. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us the power to obtain wealth. Thank you, Lord, that you allow us um, to make a wealth with our hands and our creativity. We ask that you would bless this offering, allow it to be used for your kingdom. We know this is good ground. Multiply it, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you uh, as you give. We love you. As we enter into the Word today, I'd like for us to look at the book of Nehemiah. You know, last week we're supposed, uh, we spoke about keep after it, that, you know, keep going after the Word of God. Keep believing what God has said and just don't give up like that. But today we're going to look at the book of Nehemiah chapter 2. And if you know anything about Nehemiah, this is about uh, Nehemiah believing God and felt convicted in his heart uh, to go and rebuild the city walls that had been fallen, um, the city walls in Jerusalem. And so let's look at chapter 2 of Nehemiah, chapter 2 of, verse, uh, of Nehemiah, verse 1 through 10. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought was before him, that I took the, the wine and gave it to the king. Now, this is Nehemiah speaking. Now, I had never been sad in his presence before. Therefore, the king said to me, 
Why is your face sad since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of the heart. So I became dreadfully afraid. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you the reason why is when you are a cupbearer and in, the old, in those times when you had a king and you would come to him and if you uh, made him feel sad, he could kill you. He could uh, remove your head. He could throw you in jail. That's why Nehemiah was so afraid. The Bible says that, so I became dreadfully afraid. All right? And he and verse 3, and said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? Then the king said to me, what do you request? So I prayed to God of heaven, and I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant was found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen also sitting beside him, how long will your journey be? And when, you, when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river, that they, might, they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. And a letter to Asp, the keeper of the king's force, that he must give me timber to make beam for the gates of the citadel, which pertains to the temple, for the city wall, and for the house that I will occupy. And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Verse 9. Then I went to the governors in the region beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. Verse 10. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. I want to speak to you today on the topic of, of living beyond yourself. Living beyond yourself. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Let your word leap off the pages into our heart. Heavenly Father, let our minds, uh, touch our minds that we may understand, our ears we may hear and our hearts we may receive. Lord, we ask that this word become revelatory to us. Help it to encourage. Lord, we take authority over the sky above, the ground we stand on, and the air that surrounds us. We command everything that's not like you to leave this place. Lord, bless the listeners. We lose peace and joy and understanding today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I want to speak to you here with Nehemiah, a little bit of history. Nehemiah was working for a king who was not a Jew. He was, uh, uh, he was in captivity in a sense. Um, and he had a very unique job. He was the cupbearer of the king. Now, why is that important? We, we don't have really kings in our nation. But what happened is uh, the wine that the king would drink the cupbearer was the one responsible to, one, uh, make sure that the wine was good, two, that the wine wasn't poisoned, right? Because when you're the king in those days, the, a lot of those kings uh, dealt with war. There was a lot of enemies. And so what he would do is pour wine and take a taste of it, and he would drink the wine, 
And if it doesn't kill him, then he could give it to the king. That was the job of the cupbearer, the wine bearer. This is uh, um, how they lived back then. And so, and then uh, Nehemiah or the wine, uh, the cupbearer would guard the wine for the king to make sure that it was quality. And so there was a great responsibility. Then he would personally carry the wine to the king. That Nehemiah, the cupbearer, the wine bearer, would literally give him the wine that no one else would touch it. It would be only Nehemiah's responsibility to touch the wine. And if the king were to get sick, if the king were to uh, feel bad or the wine was sour, Nehemiah, along with his family, will probably be in prison and worse, would be killed. So this job is important. And not only that, he had to be a man that was well-versed in customs, in etiquette. He also had to smile when he came. He had to be in good spirits because the king did not want anybody to be around that is downtrodden. And so that's why when you read that he was afraid in verse 2, is because he was sad. And the king's, when the king spoke to him, that really scared him. He said, why are you so sad? Because right then and there, the king could have made a command and ended Nehemiah's life. That's why the Bible says that, so I came, uh, in verse 2, I became dreadfully afraid. Because right at that moment, it was like, oh no, his life could end. But this king, uh, or Nehemiah, uh, had the hand of God in his life. And Nehemiah found favor with the king. And so the king asked him, uh, what do you want? What do you want? Uh, from me or what do you need and he boldly said you know what this is my chance I'm going to what give him my request brothers sisters there are in society today um, a lot of things is about self isn't it I mean there are selfies there is the mead uh, idea idea of thinking there's a lot about look at me there's a lot of people uh, taking videos of themselves and promoting themselves. It's all about me, myself, and I. But I want to tell you today that Nehemiah wasn't like that. He was not about me, myself, and I because he was living a comfortable life. To be the cupbearer or the wine bearer of a king was a great position because you had a, a, a little bit of authority. You had your own home. You were given nice robes and, and, and clothing to wear. You're living pretty good. But he was concerned enough about his people. He was concerned about others more than himself because at the moment of his concern, he could have died. Think about it. His heart was broken for what he's heard about his people. His heart was broken for those that are hurting. His heart was broken for uh, his homeland, his uh, place of birth. His heart was broken for the community in which he came out of. And he could have said, you know what? I'm living good. Forget them. But his life was on the line because of his concern. See, brothers and sisters, he could have just said, you know, I'm living for myself. Uh, I got it good here. My family's good. I got a nice home. I'm working for the king and I've got everything I needed. Life is good. I'm wearing fancy shoes, fancy clothes. Uh, I've got a decent place uh, and my life is good. But he felt something within him 
He says, you know what? I cannot live just for myself, but I have to live beyond myself. I have to live for others. And so even putting himself on the line to say, you know, I have to go back and reach out to my community. Brothers and sisters, I don't know where you are today. It's very easy to live a life of selfishness. It's very easy to say, you know, I'm just doing this for myself. I'm comfortable. I've got a decent home. I got a, decent, a great job. I got a good family. You know, uh, let other people fend for themselves. But brothers and sisters, I want to tell you right now that when you want to feel fulfilled and passionate, the only way that you and I can feel fulfilled in this life is to live beyond ourselves is to go and put ourselves out there to help other people and to rebuild the community. That's why a seat at the table, our church, is where it's at. That's why our church is saying, look, come and have a seat at the table, at God's table. We want to value. We want to train you up. We want you to be the best that you can be because the Word of God says that God came to give us life and life more abundant. What is an abundant life to you? What does it mean when I say, when Jesus says, I come to give life and life more abundance? You know what does that mean? Does that include abundant life? Does that include uh, a money? Well, it could. Um, but what else does it mean? Peace, joy, fulfillment, right? Rest. That's an abundant life. Health. And so all those things that when you think about the word abundant life, what does it give you a picture of? And brothers and sisters, one of the things I could tell you is you will never feel fulfilled until you start living beyond yourself. You know, uh, we have, I know in our life we have this ability, what's called self-preservation. That, you know, it's called survival. We, you want to get yours first. You want to hold on to what yours is. You don't want to be uncomfortable. There's so many people that uh, don't want to be uncomfortable. They don't want to walk across. They don't want to sacrifice. They, they're just like, well, I'm, I'm just going to give God this much. I'm just going to help this much. I don't want to be uncomfortable. Brothers and sisters, you've got to get uncomfortable for God to move in your life. And you will see miracles. Everybody wants to see miracles. But brothers and sisters, you will never accomplish and feel fulfilled in your heart until you go beyond yourself and live beyond yourself and not live just for yourself, but live for others. Look at Matthew 20 and 26. In Matthew 20, 26, this is, it says, Yet it shall not be so among you, but whosoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Look at that. But whosoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. This was Jesus speaking to his disciples. They were talking about who is the greatest, who is the greatest among. And the Lord says, uh, even himself did not come to be served, but he came to serve. And he says, for us to be greatest among in the kingdom, it is for us to serve others more than ourselves. Look at Mark 10, 44 and verse 45. And whosoever of you desire to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Look at that. For even the Son of Man, which is Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Matthew 23, 11. 
but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Brothers and sisters, living beyond yourself, you will be the greatest of the kingdom. You know, right now as we prepare to move into a new church location, ask yourself this, what can I do to live beyond myself? Who can I help? Who can I reach out? Who can I bring so that I, uh, that, that we as a community of believers can help others, especially in this time and age that we're seeing? Now we're seeing a, a pandemic. Now we're seeing unemployment. Now we're seeing financial crisis. Now we're seeing wars again in the Middle East. Uh, brother and sister, we need to live beyond ourselves and bring people to Christ because only in Christ can they experience peace, joy, and hope. Because why? When we begin to show them Jesus, they will have the fulfillment of their life and they can be living beyond yourself. It's often said like this. You, know, you heard the great um, Mart, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I love one of his quotes that he says this. He says, uh, greatness is not about I'm just summarizing. Greatness is not about fame. It's about service. See, he said, for many people, they want to be great. great. Greatness is not about seeking fame or notoriety, but it's about service. And I'm just summarizing what he quoted or what he said. See, brothers and sisters, for all of us to be greater than ourselves, we have to learn to live beyond ourselves, living beyond yourself, living outside of your comfort zone, living where you uh, fulfill, fulfill by giving to others, by giving back, by, by sowing into other people and not expect anything back. Brothers and sisters, for us to feel great in our uh, uh, hearts and feel fulfilled in our life and live this life of joy and happiness. Brothers and sisters, I encourage you right now as you think about the people that you know, will you begin to reach out to them and pray for them and reach out for the community because we're about to open the church back up and we need your help. We need you to bring them to a place where they can meet God. They can meet God. I know people say, well, I can meet God anywhere. I believe that. The first time I really had an encounter with God, it was in my bedroom many, many, many years ago. But I could tell you right now, there are people right now that needs their life to be rebuilt. Nehemiah took a chance. He could have lost his life. The king could have just said, you know what? I don't like your face. You're being sad. You're making me feel bad. Off with your head. You know, but he didn't do that. Sometimes we have to step out by faith and say, God, I want to help somebody. I want to help in love. See, brothers and sisters, when we help, when we want to help in the spirit of unselfishness, in the spirit of building others up, you will have favor. See, if Nehemiah was talking about himself, he could have died. But you know what he did? He said, I'm going to take this chance. I'm going to reach out and ask a request of the king to help me. And what, what happened? Nehemiah had favor of God and favor of the king. And because of that favor, he was able to rebuild his community. He was able to reach out to his community. He was able to restore some things. 
Brothers and sisters, when we do things out of the spirit, out of love and unselfishness, out of living beyond ourselves, God will give us favor. I'm going to tell you, there was times where I was traveling overseas. I didn't have a lot of money in my pocket. Most of you wouldn't know that. I didn't have a lot, and I would stay a couple weeks. I didn't know where I was really going to stay. I didn't know what cities I was going to. I didn't know who I was preaching to. But God provided every step of the way. God provided every moment. Why? It's because when we do it out of love and unselfishness, as led by the Holy Spirit, God honors that. You know, sometimes we do things out of our own selfish emotions. But when you are doing it by the leading of the Holy Spirit, God will honor you. See, living beyond yourself. I want to tell you today, what are you doing to help others? What are you doing to bring others closer to Christ? What are you doing right now instead of self-preservation? Like Nehemiah, he wasn't worried about himself. He was concerned about his community. I want to leave you with the last scripture in Matthew 18, 4. It says this, Therefore, whosoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whosoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Oh, brothers and sisters, when you see children, you know why the Lord considers children is because they're very dependent on people. They're very dependent on their father. They're very dependent and they're very vulnerable, but they have a heart and a faith that's very pure. They're very innocent. They, when you tell them something, they believe it. When you uh, uh, do something, they copy it. They're very innocent. And God is saying, I want you to trust me like that. I want you to trust me with all your heart. I want you to trust me like a little child. I want you to say that when I speak, you believe. See, brothers and sisters, we must have a childlike humility and faith. And it's, then we can become the greatest in the kingdom. Because living beyond yourself will bring us fulfillment. It will bring us joy. It will bring us peace. It's not just about us, but it's about others. I want to tell you, I want to challenge you right now. Go and try to help someone. You know, oftentimes we think they need help and, and they're going to... I feel like when I help other people, I get more satisfaction than they do. It's actually better for me. I thought that, you know, I get more out of it than they do. I feel much better not just about myself, but I was like, wow, I cannot believe that I was able to do that. I get out more out of it than I believe they do. Brothers and sisters, when you bring someone to the love of Christ, you will feel much better about your place in the kingdom of God. I want to tell you a story that I've been praying with a family or helping a family. I brought them to one of our friends to pray and they have a uh, a, a child and they've been so d heavy and burdened um, and this person just felt terrible their child felt terrible and their parents didn't know what to do but you know what we went out of our way to help them and today that person is feeling better that child that that their child feels so much better Brothers and sisters, it doesn't take you going to the other side of the world. What it takes is for you to reach out to a family. It takes is to reach out to someone and ask them if, they can, if you can help them. 
if you can help them release them of the burdens and the stress of life. See, living beyond yourself is the key to fulfill, fulfillment and living an abundant life. I want to encourage you this week. I know this is a, a, a message that's just simple and it's like, oh, pastor, you know, but I'm just looking forward to us joining together again in community of believers and living beyond ourselves. That's why we're trying to relaunch this church. That's why we're building this new facility or, or renovating this new facility. I hope you join me so that we together can reach our community for Christ. We together can reach our community to make this community a better place, to rebuild the broken walls and the burnt gates and to restore the love of the father to their children, restore the love of the children to their fathers and their mothers. Lord, I pray right now for you that are listening. I don't know who you are that you're listening, but it's, con it's touching your heart. I bless you. Go and live beyond yourself, living beyond yourself right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I bless those that are, are listening. May you bless them with all good works. Lord, let them find favor with you and with man. Lord, let everything they touch prosper. Heavenly Father, bring them to the right people that they can speak about your love and mercy and saving grace. Lord, watch over them. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for joining me. Uh, if you're listening, uh, we usually in central time on Sundays after a sermon, we Come on Zoom to fellowship and pray. Join us. Follow the instructions on the screen. We love you. Keep us in prayer. And I hope to see you in person very, very soon. God bless you.